Welcome to the journey with Ray Spellbrink. I am your lovable host, Ray Spellbrink. Uh-huh. So we're, we're excited to be here today with a couple friends of ours. Uh, we have uh, Ray and Rita Reagan. Uh, they, we've known them for a long time, it seems like. So I want to welcome you to the podcast today. Well, thank you. And uh, we've known you folks for, we trying to figure it out a while back, over 20 years, we think. Mm-hmm. 20 years, that's a long time, isn't it? It sure is. A long time for y'all to put up with me, probably. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that amen's in the wrong place. Uh, in the right place. <laughs> and we've asked you to sit on the board of New Jerusalem <laughs> Ministries, and you uh, have graciously consented to do so, and we appreciate that. And uh, in fact, we'll be having a meeting coming up here in just a few months. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together. We've logged a lot of miles together in the car. Mm-hmm. We've ate a, a lot of food together at restaurants Amen. as well as at home. And uh, uh, we've got to know each other pretty pretty well. And uh, we've enjoyed our time of fellowship together. So uh, to begin with, tell us just a little bit about yourselves. Uh, how long y'all been married? Uh, you don't have to tell us your age or anything, but how long y'all been married and, and been involved in uh, the work of the Lord? Well, we've been married 46 plus years. Well, 46 years and plus months. The uh, anniversary be 2nd of February, so it's almost 47 months. Uh, 47 years, dear. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quite a while. It just seems like 47 <laughs> months, that's all. Uh, that's it. Time goes by so fast. Yeah. Uh, we met when uh, I was 16, she was 13. And sort of uh, fought until we got married, and just been together ever since. Okay. Now, Ray, you served in the uh, United States Marine Corps, correct? I did. I was went in in December of '69, and and uh, in '70 I was in Vietnam. After that, I ended up in Okinawa, in the Philippines, in Japan. So I've seen quite a bit of the that side of the world. Enough that I don't want to see no more. Yeah, you you in that old country songs. I've been everywhere, man. I've been I everywhere. I've been wise here, and we want to thank you also for uh, your service to our country because you. of you and and other vets and and uh, active service uh, personnel, and, and it allows us to do what we do. You know, to go out saying to mm-hmm. to even have a, something simple like this podcast, and and we appreciate that. Now, I know you've been involved in ministry, been involved in church work, so what ministry activities have you been involved in through the years? Oh, Lord. That bad, huh? (laughs) Quite a bit. (laughs) Ask us what we haven't been involved in. Well, I I, I remember you talking, uh, us talking just, I think last week or the week before, about the only thing you haven't done is baptize somebody, right? I think that's about the only thing I haven't done. I've been... Clean the restrooms. I drove vans. I drove, uh, taught Sunday school. Uh, super, super uh, Sunday school superintendent for a short time. I was assistant pastor of different churches, a different church or two, a time or two. I've even uh, pastored my own place for a very short time, and uh, we just done about everything except baptize somebody. And that's coming up, I think. I hope one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another check mark off your list. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 what is your passion in regards to ministry? 
That's that's a question for both of you. I know uh, uh, together you 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 work together in ministry, and you know husband and wife and um, uh, Cindy and I we're we're like, I say a ministry team, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, where where I uh, where I lack, mm-hmm. God's given her those gifts, yeah. and where she lacks, God's given me those mm-hmm. gifts. So together we we make a good team. So what um, what is your passion? Uh, in regards to ministry? Well, I really feel, I don't know, I, I enjoy preaching, mm-hmm. but I really enjoy seeing people surrender to God and come to God because it's such a a, a, a thrill mm-hmm. to watch them go from what the world has given them to what God has got for them. There's such a difference there. And as far as ages, I like all ages as far as to minister to. Okay. We sort of had a, a passion more for the teenagers for quite a while. Now some of them in their 40s, so they're not teenagers no more. <laughs> but, they got know, their own teens and actually probably more older than that, some yeah. of them. Some Old of them kids. had kids when we knew them when they were teenagers. So, mm. But it, it was... It, it was. It's good to hear that we don't see too many of them now very often, but we do hear back from them through the grapevine, and they'll see our son and ask about us. Okay. So that's you know that's what you know that you did something right. Right. Now this leads me to my next question. Uh, just spurred off of that, uh, you. I've heard you folks allude to uh, having foster kids. And your house being a safe haven, yeah. a safe place, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and for the, for these kids, and and what brought all that along? What what? How did that start with you folks? Well, I think the kids felt safe around us because we one we didn't push them into, you know, we didn't push God on them. We let them ask questions. We just opened up the house and. The kids brought them in, all kids brought them in, okay. basically, to start with, and then they just kept coming. We fed them, and, and some of them we fed still keep coming back. <laughs> They're like a stray animal. Yeah. You feed them, and they keep coming. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's, but there's at least one in the group who's now a Baptist minister, another who's part owner in a restaurant and cooks and... Some of the others, I have no idea. I know some of them uh, had been killed in the gangbangs, mm-hmm. and some are in prison, but, you know, they still remember. That's right. And and, and the, you reach out to do what you can, when you can, with the resources that God's given you. Right? Amen. Okay, okay. And uh, now, Rita, I've heard you mention uh, sometimes specifically uh particular i don't remember any names and the names aren't important but but uh the the kids they they call you mom yeah and 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 that's kind of special isn't it yeah they call me mom and him dad whenever we run into any of them you know on at store or whatever and we've got one son in particular that has been with us since he was about 13 and he's very precious to us. 
we've seen him uh, grow up from being a gangbanger to being a wonderful father, a husband. And um, it's just been a thrill. Uh, like Ray said, we have uh, some that that have uh, naturally in prison. We've got at least three that has passed away uh, from various things. Uh, but uh, for the most part, I believe that God has used us in a wonderful area with these children. Mm -hmm. We say they are our foster children or our adopted children. None of this is a legal thing. It's just heartfelt. And you claim them, they claim you. you. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, that that is one of the most fantastic things about it. Um, I imagine we've had well, we lost count at what was it, six hundred? We lost count wow. of the number of children that has been in our home. Um, at one time, we had every gang in Springfield represented in our home. At the same time. At the same, same time. time. Mm -hmm. And we we had two rules. And that was no weapons and no drugs. And we had a... Um, uh, I believe he was a county police officer that um, he would sit in the parking lot across the street from our house and he'd watch these gangbangers out there playing badminton, volleyball, and, <laughs> and he, he'd get out and sit on his uh, trunk and, and watch them. And it was really kind of weird when you stop to think about it, but uh, he just, he was amazed that uh, these kids would come and spend so much time at our house and be so uh, well-behaved mm -hmm. and now, respectful. Respectful, that's a key to respect. Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it seems to me from, now, now I don't have a lot of experience with, uh, with gangs, but it seems to me like respect is a big thing oh, with yeah. gang members. Yes. Oh yeah. You know, because you, you, you hear about it, you read about it, you see it, you say, you know, don't disrespect me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, I guess that's, as I understand it, that's the same way in the prison system, you mm -hmm. know, you show disrespect to somebody else, then uh, you're going to find yourself in, in uh, deep trouble, Yeah. With not only with that person, but with whatever gang or group he might be affiliated yeah. with. Now, you mentioned that there was, um, you lost count at 600. Mm -hmm. uh, over what span of years, how many years? Uh, have you uh, did you was you involved with this? Uh, probably somewhere about seven to ten. So wow, so that's a relatively short period of time for that many yeah. lives, and and only eternity will will show mm -hmm. just how many lives mm -hmm. you you really touched. The one thing that um, I get feedback on a lot is um, that we showed love and most of the um, gangbangers or gang members whatever you want to call them uh, when they come into the house they were greeted with a hug 
and when they left before they left they were told that they were loved and we tried to build them up as much as we could because a lot of them don't have that in, in their homes so you gave them that that sense of belonging mm-hmm. that uh, that no doubt they're looking for mm-hmm. which is why they're in a gang to begin with because yeah. you know they want to belong yeah and we had a family it was a family it, it wasn't uh, individuals okay that's good now I know that you've attended different churches throughout the course of your you know your ministry and throughout the, and throughout the years you've you've gone with us as we visited various churches of different denominations and different stripes uh, I blog about our uh, visits there so let me ask each of you what is your assessment of what's known as church today of the institutional church that we see today what's your assessment good or bad well most of Ben has been Boring. Boring. The, 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 like the, there's no no spirit. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like a quiet social club. Everybody goes in, sit down, get up, go home. Okay. They, they leave. I mean, when you go to church, you're not supposed to leave as you came in. You're supposed to be better off. You should have learned something. You should have felt something. But some of the churches we visited, even on our own, it's hard to stay awake. I, I, I know what you mean. And it reminds me, uh, what you said there reminds me of an old song, an old chorus we used to sing in church. You won't leave here like you came in mm-hmm. Jesus' name. I remember mm-hmm. that song. And you shouldn't leave. No. You should leave change. You should leave different. Mm-hmm. You should leave uplifted. That's right. But, I mean, if the churches are just like the, the ministers just read a little thing that it, you know, you just you could read a book at home. You know, and and on right on that line, uh, the the pastor we just came out of this past March, as they were looking for pastors, they had some um, uh, ministers come in. That's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. They he had his notes, and that's what he did. He read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember, and I remember falling asleep on the front pew listening uh-huh. to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and and so yeah, and there are there are people who who number one they need spiritually fed. Yes, that's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And and if and there and the people are fed different ways by you know by uh, some people like the the loud mm-hmm. preaching. Some people like the the more conversational preaching. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with either one. Whatever touches you whatever feeds you the message is what's important yes it is and uh, but if the messenger presents it in such a boring way yes it, it, it's it's i tell you what it's hard to keep my attention mm-hmm. and uh, my mind drifts and uh i can i can start looking through my bible if i get too bored and 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 uh, grab some candy and uh, cindy always candy always has candy with her <laughs> in her purse she gave me some candy so i stay away <laughs> so <laughs> All right, Rita, enough of that. <laughs> What's your assessment of the institutional church today? Well, I think church is, as I view church, is gone. The church of today is just a social club um, or some place that you go to, to just to see what somebody else is wearing. Mm-hmm. Or... If you think you've got a talent that you can use and the church will let you use it, 
um, you get up and entertain people. And the Spirit of God is just not in most of the churches anymore. Just like with school, they've kicked him out. And, and that's sad because that's what the church is supposed to represent. Yes. Supposed to be the, uh, I don't say the place where God dwells, but God dwells in us mm-hmm. as Christians. But when a group of Christians get together that God is dwelling in, mm-hmm. there ought to be some excitement there. Yes. Oh, yeah. There ought to be some, uh, not only excitement just to get together, but the excitement to see, okay, with an, okay maybe a, the word I'm looking for is an expectation yes. of seeing what God might do when people mm-hmm. who God dwells mm-hmm. in get together. Oh, ex- but the expecting God to do something. Right. I don't think people expect God to do anything, so he doesn't. So they don't leave disappointed, do yeah, they? Yeah, if you're looking for something, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And people ain't worth looking because they believe, well, I got saved 40 years ago, so I'm safe. Well, you know, the Lord told Jeremiah, I believe it was Jeremiah, Jeremiah or Isaiah, but I believe it was Jeremiah, that uh, you'll find me when you search for mm-hmm. me with your whole heart. What did yes. Jesus say? You know, you know uh, what is it? Knock. And you the door be open, and the door shall be open, and you'll seek, and you'll, seek find. and you'll find him. Mm-hmm. And but people are just, I think they're satisfied with the status quo. Mm-hmm. You think that's a fair what you're saying there? Pretty close, yeah. And, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's sad because there's there's so much more. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so much more. I remember growing up, we had uh, church, when we went to church, we didn't have a program. Mm-hmm. It was all led by the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. and that's missing today in the church. Mm-hmm. There is just no, uh, they've organized God right out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't matter what uh, what label, what denomination. No, it's, it it's, all, they've all, it's all of them. Yeah. Uh, I was raised Pentecostal, and... Uh, even the Pentecostal churches today aren't that way. Yeah, you know it used to be that uh, you know with our with our singing group we'd go out and and uh, and boy going to a Pentecostal church they get excited you uh-huh. know and and then they clap and they get with it and and you just have a wonderful time. But anymore, we're seeing more response from, say, a Baptist church, uh-huh. Baptist churches uh-huh. than we see from Pentecostal churches uh-huh. who claim. To be spirit-filled, who claim to have that, you know, endowment of power from on high, but yet I'm not seeing it mm-hmm. in most of them. I'm not saying all, mm-hmm. but in most of them, there are still some that uh, I, see, I see a little life in, mm-hmm. and, and thank God for that, and for whatever life that's in the church today. That brings me to my next question. Um, do you see the passion, I and mean, we, we touched a little bit on this, do you see the passion for Jesus and lifting him up? Or does it seem preachers are building their own kingdoms today? It seems that some, probably not all, but some want to say, see what I did, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And instead of saying, see what God is doing for us or with us, see how God is using me. No, see how I'm using God. And, you know, you don't use God, he uses you. Right. And if you don't allow him, he... Course, he's not gonna force himself on nobody. That's right, and and that's what he, I think you hit the nail on the head. There, people are using God. Mm-hmm. I just seen um, an ad. I don't know if it was uh, and, and these shoes. Maybe you've seen it or not, but these shoes are 
uh, they were blessed. Uh, they have holy water in them, in in the, in the souls, and they were blessed, and then they were selling for a thousand dollars a pair, and they sold out. They were put out by a major uh, brand. I think it was Nike, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Bless you with holy water in the soul. That is that is that using God? Amen. For for material gain. Uh huh. And and you know. And then you get these people. I seen um, I seen a little thing on a little bit up on TV the other night, where uh, for a donation, of course, uh-huh. with donation they will send you a little bit, a little vial of holy water, from Israel, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 and, and so sad, sadly, there will be many gullible people who will fall from that. Yes, and send that money in, thinking that water is going to be a, uh, some sort of a miracle water or a miracle cure, and and. and I believe those people are going to stand before God. Yeah. You know, for and give account for what they've uh, for what they're doing and how they are attempting to use God. It I mean, it's like when we was in Hannibal, you could buy a little thing of uh, Mississippi water. Yeah, exactly. Why buy it? You got a whole wibble there. Get a whole Dip it up. <laughs> Dip, <laughs> scoop you up some. But, you know, people would will will put more faith in some TV ad than they do in their own Bible. Well, Bibles aren't even open today, are they? Most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't don't get into the Word and they don't get into the Bible. A lot of people don't believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, they just it's it's just a, a just a book, a good book. They mm-hmm. used to call it the good book, mm-hmm. and and they uh, they just think it's a Bible. Or used to have family Bibles on coffee tables uh-huh. in every, just about every home. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, they never got touched, but they were there. Yeah, they got read, see, but they were there. You don't see them anymore. No, you don't. No, they don't have them anymore. They they just done away with things like that. I mean, my poor Bible marked up so much from what I've studied on it that it, it's I got a new one sitting in the in the bookshelf and when it runs out I'll have another one. Yep. I understand I had to I had to get another one from because I had pages falling out when I was preaching. <laughs> and and I, and, and I said I can't, can't take the word out of context here, so I had to put it back in. <laughs> so yeah. Okay now on onto this next question. The US the United States used to be known as a Christian nation. Are we seeing that change in our day in our age? Yes. And okay. a lot of it's through the courts. Because a non-Christian can sue you because if you have a cross-up in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. They can say that's offensive and make you take it down, and the court will back them up. The court will back up just about anything if you say it's your right. Or but, if you're offended. Or if a group, uh, group is group offended. group is offended, yes. Like, and uh, I heard the story. Especially a minority group. Yeah, yeah, a story where uh, a football team, and it's a peewee football team, so this little kids, they'd get together and play before a game, and one man didn't like his kid to be in that play. The kid didn't care, mm-hmm. but the man sued to make him quit. So they'd send the, that kid out of the locker room, then they'd play, and he still tried to get them to stop doing that hmm. because he did not believe in God. I mean, if you, somebody doesn't believe in God, that's their business. That's their right. That's their right. But they shouldn't push their beliefs on me. They they right. keep uh, saying the Christians are pushing their beliefs on people. 
but it's the other way around. I agree, and we and we have a, a nation today. We have all kinds of, uh, in particular, I'm thinking of, of course, the Muslims. Yeah. You know, the, the, that's been a big, a big uh, uh, to do mm-hmm. in our nation because, you know, because of 9/11. To be yeah. honest with you, because because of what happened there with the twin towers, and um, and they're and, and a lot of them are wanting to come over here and and impose their beliefs, their laws mm-hmm. on our country. They don't like way, the way we do things here. In my, my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, but if you don't like the way we do things here, just go on back to where you came from. I agree. You know, and because and, and, and those were already your laws over there. Mm-hmm. Now, anybody is uh, welcome to America as long as they come in you know, the right way, come in legally. You know, that's, yes. that's the only thing there. Okay, um, the next thing here is other countries are, and, and this has been going on for a while now, other countries are sending missionaries to America. And so my question is, what? and we, we've already touched on it in part, what has happened to the church in America that other nations are sending Christian missionaries to the, to the United States? I think the other countries are seeing how far down we have fallen and want to help pick us up. But the American people has got to wake up. I think they've had it too easy, too long. And it's going to take a catastrophe, more or less, to get them to go back to church. After 9-11, churches were full for a short while. But then after that slacked off, people slacked off. The complacency sets back in. Americans seem to have a very short attention span. They do. You know, when it comes to things of God and... And uh, that, that, that's not a good thing. No. They want to uh, think, well, this is the way I want to live, you know. That's how you're going to live. So like a story that I heard from somewhere, that this guy lived as an atheist all his life, raised his kids as an atheist, and was very successful. And he told his kids on his deathbed, living like an atheist is a good thing. Dying as one is not. Mm-hmm. Good point. So, Good point. Um, okay, back to the churches here. Barna Research, which is a, which is a Christian-leaning research group, mm-hmm. as long as the as well as the the Pew P E W Pew Research Group, and they are a more secular group. So they're so we got both spectrums here. Uh, both of these groups. Uh, report people are leaving the institutional church as we know it today. They're leaving this, the church in droves. Millennials are opting out of church, and the Gen Xers are not going at all. They're not even starting in because they are generally the children of the Gen Xers. Mm-hmm. And so and because they've opted out, then they don't see the importance of church. And in fact, the most recent research I looked at the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, the nuns, people who show or have no church affiliation whatsoever. Uh, uh, some of them are atheists. Some of them are agnostic. Some of them just don't care. Some of them have a fervent love for God, but they're leaving the church for their own spiritual benefit. But they, they, they lumped all these, group, all these different groups as the nuns because they're not involved in church. 
So uh, uh, nuns are the single largest group of people, surpassing by percentage the Protestants as well as the Catholics. Now, do you see this kind of trend continuing? Continuing? Do you see people continue to leave the church, uh, the institution of church, the church as we know it today? I think so, simply because the churches doesn't it doesn't reach out for them. Mm-hmm. The, the, and when they do go or see a so-called church uh, Christian, there's no difference. I mean, there's people who claim to be Christians and claim they go to church that are uh, drunks and you name it. Then they hear about child molesters in the church and all sorts of things that seem to be hidden. So, I mean, why, why go to some place that one, is boring and, and you get nothing out of it and there's bad people there why go and put your kids in that situation and the kids would rather stay home and watch cartoons anyway mm-hmm. so I mean play video games huh play video yeah, games video play video games. games that's right I couldn't do that I'm not a very well, good video game player <laughs> well like the way I see it it is not our generation but our parents' generation that has caused the the fall to come. Uh, Because I know when I was a kid, there was a lot of people that weren't going to church. Um, And then each generation, it seems like that uh, fewer are going. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember Mom talking about when she was a girl, everybody went to church. Mm-hmm. And everything was closed on Sunday, but the church. And they would ha- have church service, then they'd go home. They'd have the uh, pastor come home with them and have their chicken dinner. And there was then always they, chicken on Sunday, too, wasn't it? And, uh, and then chicken. they would do... Um, uh, like congregational singings and and stuff like that and they would visit each other but when uh, our generation come along they stopped visiting quite so much we still had visitations Mm -hmm. but it just wasn't quite as much as what it was in mom's generation and then the same then with our generation with our kids um, we made our kids go to church mm-hmm. and we found out that that wasn't necessarily the right thing to do mm-hmm. um, when they were small yes but when they got to the age of accountability um, we could should have suggested that they go um, and encourage them to go but not make them, not force them. And we made the mistake by doing that. And consequently, neither one of our children are in church now that they're out on their own. And that hurts. But, you know, hindsight is better. 20, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, uh, but uh, now their children aren't 
they their children don't even know um anything at all about God um, at Christmas time, I tried to throw in the Christmas story or you know something like that to them, and I talk to them about it when I see them, but they just they're not around it enough to to know what it is mm-hmm. so I see each generation going further and further away from the church drifting away what do you think's the answer Jesus can't argue that yeah but uh, how do we get that to them if we, if they they're, if they're drifting further and further away from the church maybe the church as we know it isn't the answer Maybe it's mm-hmm. us sharing Jesus and mm-hmm. living it out, you know. And, and, and sometimes I think our children, uh, they remember. They remember. I, I, I know ours does growing up in church. And when there's a need, when there's a problem, when there's an issue, you know, we'll get a phone call. Hey, oh, yeah. Pray about this. Mom, Dad, pray for us. Yeah. Uh, pray for so, this one or that one. Uh, so that lets me know, too, yeah. that, hey, there's, there's still something there. Mm-hmm. There's still some hope there. Yeah. Okay. Now, something else that um, that's been uh, and it has saddened me. Two things, not really. Number one, in the last uh, few months, there have been um, there have been some very prominent mega church pastors who have just turned their back on God and resigned and left the ministry altogether, saying they don't believe in God any longer. What do you think about that? I think that's scary. It is. Now you get somebody who nobody knows that does that. That's you know, but somebody in charge of a huge church, all those souls that quit God because of what He did, He'll be responsible for. Because mm-hmm. the minister, we're, we're responsible for what we say and what we, you know, especially behind the pulpit, God's going to hold us accountable. But you know, if you don't, of course, a lot. I've been told by one guy who I used to work with who was, he was a drunk, basically, mm. that he ran into a friend of his some time back, and this has been years back, and so he asked him, well, what you doing? He said, well, I'm a blank, blank minister. I won't mention the name of the church. And he said, why? Do you give up drinking? He said, nope. I don't, I still drink, I still smoke, I still, you know, lose my dope, and all that. He said, well, how can you be a minister? He said, they don't care. As long as I show up on time, give my little sermon, he said, I get good pay, I get school for my kids and medical, and he said, it's just a job. And if you look at ministry as just a job, you need to get out. And I think a lot of people, that's what, they, that's what it is for them. It's yeah. a vocation instead of a calling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if you're not called to it, then you shouldn't be doing it. And those are two major differences. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another thing that's been distressing me this last year, really the last couple of years, I've seen major, uh, again, ministers of, of, uh, on, on, uh, in mega churches. Uh, I don't know that any have been senior pastors, but uh, I think I think one, maybe two, have uh, committed suicide. The stressors of the yeah. ministry, the the stressors of the, uh, uh, I, I think sometimes the the church 
puts a preacher on a pedestal. Yes. And nobody can live up to those expectations. No. no. You know, uh, every preacher that I know, uh, they're, they're, they're still human. Mm-hmm. You know, they still yes. have emotions. They mm-hmm. still have struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of us are perfect. And people, if people want a perfect preacher, the only one that's going to be perfect is when we, get, when, when we see Jesus. Yeah. He's a perfect pastor and the shepherd. But, but that, that's been a distressing sign for me uh, as a former pastor uh, to see these people struggle to the point, uh, even uh, mental, uh, mental health issues, uh, depression issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and there's help available, but sometimes I think the stigma of a pastor seeking that kind of help from somebody uh, keeps them from seeking that kind of help. Yes. I mean, ministers are people, and people are people. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. God didn't make us to be perfect. we only be perfect when we get to glory. But, you know, in the meantime, people got to understand that the pastor is just a person. Right. Called of, hopefully called mm-hmm. of God to preach the word. And a they want to put him up on a high pedestal that he can't stand on without falling off. Maybe they don't really know what they're doing. The people should have more common sense. Mm -hmm. But they seem to throw that away too. Okay. I remember when I was a teenager and working at the hospital, uh, I worked in the psychiatric ward. And there was a lot of talk about different psychiatrists that committed suicide. And ministers actually do the same type of work as a psychiatrist does. They they only more so because they've got uh, all their church people people outside of the church that contact them with different problems and they have to sit and listen to so many problems and if they've got a pastor's heart they're going to take it on themselves and like Jesus took the um, sins of the whole world upon his shoulders and he bled blood or sweated blood Mm -hmm. uh the sometimes these ministers have that much pressure or not that much but uh for us it would be similar um to what Jesus had and they just they break mm-hmm. under the stress and they don't know what they don't have anybody to turn to but God they don't have most of the uh, pastors and pastors' wives do not have friends in the church. Mm-hmm. If uh, a minister or his wife has a, a best friend in the church, then the church will turn against them in no time. Yeah, back in the back in the day, and and the, the some of the training and advice I've been given from uh, other pastors, seasoned pastors. When I was a younger pastor, they say don't allow yourself to have a friend in the church, mm-hmm. and and that used to be the mm-hmm. the way it was. Yeah, you don't make friends. You are their leader. You are their pastor. 
and and um, and I did that for a while, and it really it it alienated me from the congregation mm-hmm. to a large extent, mm-hmm. you know. And then and uh, I didn't feel that that was right, so I, you know, I I became one of them. I got in I got in with the sheep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shepherd is among the sheep. Yes, yes. it is. And and uh, of course, you know, a pastor is an under shepherd. Jesus being mm-hmm. the chief shepherd. Yeah. So I got in among the sheep, and you know, then I think things worked out a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, but there still was a perfect no. There's not a perfect church anyway, not perfect people, not a perfect pastor. We only have a perfect Savior. And right. that's where the... Oh, we're going to have the clock on the on the podcast okay. today, okay? <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Now, now with, with this in mind, do you, uh, do you believe we're going to see another great revival in America or a great move of God in America? I do. But I think it'll be when things get real, real bad. I think people will turn back to God when God is taken away from them. Like uh, in the Roman times when the Christians were being persecuted so bad, burned, fed to the lions and all that, the church grew. Right. Even though, hey, if we get caught, we'll be fed to the lions. They still got together and they worship God. And the, like in these communist countries in some places, the countries that don't believe in God, people are beginning to to turn to God in a way. The, the, like we heard about in Iraq or Iran or one of those little places over there where, where the churches is growing because, you know, it's against the law, but people feel the need for it. Well, they see they've been set free mm-hmm. by Jesus. You know, the, 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 the religious structure that they live under is bounding, is binding. Mm-hmm. Jesus gives us freedom. Jesus mm-hmm. gives us liberty. Yeah. I know uh, I, I just read in, uh, the other day the church in China, the underground church. China's been, uh, when they find these churches, uh, they, they demolish them, literally demolish them and arrest the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen where they, they uh, released one dissenter. One uh, one Christian the other day that had been in prison, but they're still uh, they still have many many more Christians in prison, mm-hmm. and uh, the underground church in China, uh, you know they they don't have Bibles like we do. You know they're not accessible. They can't carry around the Bible, mm-hmm. but uh, so sometimes they you know they rip pages out of the Bible and swap them around. Mm-hmm. You know so people can have have the Bible to read. Mm-hmm. You know and and but that church is growing. Uh-huh. That church. Because of the persecution, much mm-hmm. like you said, that church is uh, is a glow, is on fire, mm-hmm. you know. And other people are coming to know Jesus because of the persecution. We in America, you know, we got all these mega churches, we got all these programs, but no God. Yeah, no God. What 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 are they doing? You know, they're just giving people something to do. Mm-hmm. I had a pastor one time, and uh, if I were to mention his name, you would know him. And uh, up the road here, piece, and he he would well, he wanted to keep uh, the man busy in the church. So uh-huh. I remember one time he he had everybody come, and uh, there was a fence around the, the property. He had to move the fence out, no in. He had to move the fence in uh, one weekend, then once, <laughs> uh, then the next month he had to move them back out. And somebody asked, "Well, what are you doing that for?" I, I need to keep the men busy. And I, you know, you can speculate maybe why he needed to keep the men busy, but, 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 you know, he just kept the men busy, which was, you know, which was kind of weird to me, but, yeah. but, um, uh, but, 
you know, I, I just don't, consider the source. <laughs> I, I don't want. I don't believe God's into busy work. No. no. You know, I, I believe God's got a plan. God has a purpose for each one of us, and uh, it's up to us to fulfill the purpose and the plan that He has on our hearts and on our lives. Right. Okay. He wants us to keep busy, but not something dumb. Not busy work. <laughs> Out there, at least living the life in front of the people. Jesus say, occupy. Right. Occupy till I come. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really go out and and push it on them, but if they see something and, you know, how do I get that? Be the example. Yes, be the example. And be free to say, hey, this is what I, this is what the Bible says. Just be friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so many grouches out there. We uh when we go to the store, we run into a, a veteran. Uh, it's thank you for your service. We shake their hands uh, and what have you. And that if we see a young couple with babies, we always look at the babies and comment well, right on them. Yeah. And, Same uh, level, mental level. I mean, you know, we just look for the good. Mm-hmm. And something that we can compliment them on, mm-hmm. okay. and that, and that's the same way with that we used to do with our teenagers. We would um, find something good that they had done, mm-hmm. and we'd praise them for that. That's something that they don't often get. No. They don't, and uh, to. Um, I don't want to say quote because I don't have it exactly, but one of the um, uh, hosts on that has guests on TV, mm-hmm. he mentions several times it takes a lot of attaboys to correct um, a negative. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that much. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, there's a song that, we haven't sang this song in a long while, but the uh, first line is, show a little bit of love and kindness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I always introduce that song by saying, you know, the world needs more love and kindness. It the does. church needs more right. love and kindness. People need more encouragement today. Mm-hmm. There's enough things out here to discourage even the Christian, right. let alone uh, somebody who doesn't know God. And, and so we need to be encouragers. And there are times when uh, uh, all you can do is encourage yourself, you know, like David did. Mm-hmm. They were ready to stone him. They were ready to kill him. But he encouraged himself mm-hmm. in the Lord, the yeah. Bible says. And and we need to be able to do that. Do you, either of you have anything else you'd like to add to the to the podcast today? Well, the only thing I could think of, one of the kids that used to come around, I married him, him and his wife. Wow. Well, but well, how cool is that? That's that, that turned out pretty he good. He still comes around. Yeah, I know. He still comes around. <coughs> He's the one we, we can't fed, get rid of. He <laughs> once and, and he keeps coming we're back. Right. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he he is a fantastic uh, young man. Uh, he'd do anything in the world for anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's, he's just that type of person. And... Uh, he shows us a lot of love, more That's love good. than, more love than some our kids sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. he's just 
one of them. He never comes to our house, but he gives us a hug and and he kisses me on the cheek and he'll say, "I love you, mom." Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. And it and that nothing can beat that. As well swells your heart, doesn't it? It does. Okay. Well, thank you for being our guest. You are our second and third guest on yeah. on my podcast and. Uh, and uh, next month, or the n- n- next podcast, whenever we get around to it, I got some thoughts and some things that are on my mind that I'm going to share. So we encourage you to tune in the next time as well. And be sure to share this podcast uh, with others. There's also an opportunity you have, uh, I read, I'm told, I'm not sure how it works yet, but where you can send in or, or uh, read or verbally ask any questions or, or let me know some things you'd like to for me to talk about or share about on uh, an upcoming podcast so uh, or you can email me at racebellbrink at gmail.com and uh, we with any of your thoughts and questions and we'll get back to you on there you can also check out my website at racebellbrink.com and uh, there's plenty of things on there where you can find the schedule of uh, the new Jerusalem singers. You can find all kinds of other things and things that we're involved in. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us, uh, for seeing, uh, uh, for uh, uh, listening. I uh, also want to thank Ray and Rita for being with us today. And may God bless you and your future ministries, your future endeavors to him. Until next time, we encourage you to enjoy the journey.